2: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, regular guest on the show, Justin Thomas out of Nets Republic. Justin, another Nets win for your record, 130-123 over the Pistons. Not pretty, but it's a
1: dub. A dub is a dub. I feel like that's just been one of the prevailing uh, themes of this season. Like you said, I finally got another win. I think that makes it the third one of the season for me on the buzz. So you know what? Positivity. It's positivity. We're building momentum for the yes. playoffs. That's in what the really most important, exactly, and the most important stretch. We're building momentum. I wish the Nets would
2: build a little bit more momentum at home, but we'll jump into that in plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms, Justin. Obviously, the first half was pretty pitiful for this team against a Pistons team that's not very good. Yeah, they shot fifty percent from three in the first half, but what were your thoughts on the way the Nets handled quarter one and quarter two?
1: Uh basically, like a team that expected to just come out there and, you know, just win. And I don't understand why they would think that because they've never been able to do that this whole season. And on top of that, the Pistons have been one of the peskier teams all year, just especially after the All-Star game. Take it from me, personal experience, betting against them on their spreads. (laughs) Um, They just seem to just play, like, everybody tough. It's rare that they get blown out nowadays. I mean, it's kind of rare when you see, like, a a team bound for the lottery um, being as competitive as they are. But they're they're pesky and they got a, a a great group of young young talent. I don't think the Nets were ready for the level of intensity that they came out with. Obviously, them shooting, you know, starting the game six to ten from three in the first quarter was unprecedented. I mean, Kevin Durant even talked about it on his post game, you know, with Grady and and RJ. But you know, once you feel realize, all right, this team is starting to get hot from three. You know, maybe don't give them wide open look after wide open look. I don't know. I'm not. I'm no scientist, <laughs> but I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean. That's what it is. You kind of have a feel and a vibe for the game, and you see the other team is getting hot from three. You know, you just got to turn it up a little bit. Like, even semi-contest, because there was points where guys were just wide open at the three-point line for, you know, like two seconds. And it's just like, come on, just show a little bit of effort. And like you said, the Nets had this almost they just expected to come out and get the win. They expected the Pistons to kind of almost hand it to them. And like you said, they've been playing well. Cade Cunningham is heating up. He played great tonight. And there's just elements where you just have to be better. And I think it's also important that they develop habits, like develop championship habits. We've heard KD talk about that in the past. And like the last two games, they just haven't had it. It's been a lot of inconsistent play. It's great that they turned up their play in the third and the fourth quarter, but you don't want to be in a situation where it's a single-digit game against a team like this when you need every win possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, the spread was fourteen coming into this game, and I looked at that. I'm like, all right, well, that's easy money for anybody betting the Pistons because, like I said, they play everybody tough, even in the beginning of the season. It took a fifty point outing from Kevin Durant yep. uh, to narrowly escape, you know, the Pistons in in Detroit. So, you know, I, I, I maybe I don't know why the Nets maybe took them so lightly, I, I, especially coming off such a. I would say an embarrassing loss yep. um, at the hands of the uh, the Hornets, you know, a few nights ago, I expected them to come out with a lot more, a sense of urgency. They didn't do that. You know, thank God they they picked it up in the second half, but even still you saw mental lapses. And like you said, a, a team that needs championship, um, you know, habits, you have a, a champion in KD, you have a champion in Kyrie, you have guys that have been to the finals, such as Goran Dragic. It's mind boggling as to why you're seeing this, like, type of complacency from a team that you would expect that hadn't been there you know what i'm saying
2: yeah i agree and i think also just based off of what they've been saying you know post-game pre-game whatever like we understand where we are and like trying to win games and kind of set the tone and like you said that hornets game was the most disappointing loss of the season on multiple levels like i talked about in the last show it's like then not only is it the tiebreaker they lost they lose a game in the standings and it's also this hyped up game Kyrie's return to barclays and they just kind of you know, fall short and just kind of let everyone down. And they just kind of just half-assed through the first half. And it's great that they're able to turn it up in the second half and win, but it is definitely concerning. And obviously you're going to see good teams in the playoffs. But like you mentioned, even in that second half, there's enough mental lapses that allowed the Pistons to hang around. And it really wasn't like they played great in the second half, the Pistons, the Nets just kind of allowed them to stay in the game.
1: Yeah, I think the Nets went up. I know there was an 8-0 run in the, like, towards the beginning of the third quarter, they went up, I believe, 80 to 72 at one point. I know this was like after Bruce Brown started his barrage of threes. And I'm like, okay, this is when the Nets are going to, you know, pull away, you know, maybe KD plays the, the rest of the third, maybe the first two minutes of the fourth. And then,
3: you know, All bring day. the bench,
1: bring 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 the bench in. You end with like a, a 13, 14 point win that wasn't the case it wasn't the case you, you saw them let the pistons back in the game and revert back to the same kind of lazy you know contest habits that you saw in the first half because for some reason there were wide open attempts again yeah. I, I don't understand why um some sloppy play on offense you know some really just weird combobbled offensive possessions. so yeah this is uh it's like you said it's a win is a win but this is this isn't one of those wins that make you feel good about yourself
2: (laughs) yeah it definitely doesn't it's been like i tweeted something out the other day it's just been a roller coaster because you get like these highs of blowouts against utah and then you get a loss to memphis then you get a blowout of miami and then you fall to the hornets at home and now you're barely beating the pistons and now you have the bucks on thursday and really you have no idea what to expect like they're gonna blow
1: it. watch they're gonna (laughs) watch i they're gonna blow them out and we're gonna be sitting here asking the same questions because then what's the game after uh the bucks it's probably, uh, it's it's not, it's nobody. It's a good. lesser
2: team. Yeah.
1: It's a lesser team. And they're going to get, you know, in another dogfight. And we're going to be back asking the same exact questions. Why can they turn it up against good competition? And then they falter against faulty ones. But maybe that's just it, right? Maybe they yeah. understand that, look, the level of competition that we're playing tonight is not what we're going to face in the playoffs. So we don't have to have that sense of urgency. However, as we saw against um, Miami a few nights ago, as we saw against the Sixers, you know, two or three weeks ago, when the level of competition is good on the other side and it's something that you might see down the road in the playoffs, they turn it up. I I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I'd love to know like the next record post-All-Star um, break of teams, I think, over 500 or playoff caliber teams. It's, it's definitely over 500 at this point.
2: Yeah, I I agree. And that's what I just think is so confusing. And it's so hard to predict and analyze this team because every game is giving you a completely different sample. And then even just their style of play, like you mentioned them being so much more locked in, even like the cohesion offensively and the movement is so much better in some of these big games where, you know, tonight at different points, the offense got so stagnant. It was either just like an ISO possession. Bruce Brown's got the ball at the top of the key, looking for someone to make a move off ball, just like literally it has to drive it to the rim because no one's doing anything. It's it's frustrating on a lot of different levels, and it, like I said, I think it's concerning in the sense is like you want to build those habits. It's great to know that you can turn it up, but we want you to be turned up all the time so that you can get some level of consistency because you know the playoffs are you know all over the place and you could have those bad shooting games. So you want to make sure your defense is good. You want to have other avenues to score. And tonight it was just it was frustrating. Another thing that's frustrating, and you know I'm not usually one to like shit on Steve Nash, but the James Johnson minutes just have to go. You know tonight was just as bad as it really gets and i know justin's happy to jump into this (laughs) how
1: much time do we have i mean (laughs) this is just i'm i don't know who needs to hear this obviously steve nash needs to hear this and i'm i keep imploring the nets beat writers you know either newsday the post sny Nets daily whoever has credentials and can get back there please ask steve nash why he keeps choosing to go with James Johnson over literally anybody? I will take David Duke Jr. <laughs> at this point. Bring him back up from Long Island. I know it's only about a forty-five minute drive, um, barring traffic. But I, I just. But I, in all seriousness, I just. I'm just not seeing what Steve Nash is seeing, yep. and because he's not giving you anything offensively, as we saw in this game, he tried to do his best Curly Neal or Kyrie Irving impersonation, going baseline. I. I you. You knew it was a turnover. 20 seconds before it even happened. Uh, he Then he com- compounded that with a foul literally on the very next defensive possession. Yeah, he had a nice backdoor um, assist to KD in the third quarter. Outside of that, what is he giving you? His, yeah. he, he's, he's, he was getting shredded by basically no names. I mean, Rodney Magruder was, was, was giving him his lunch. I'm just <laughs> flabbergasted, absolutely flabbergasted at why he keeps getting minutes and someone like Blake Griffin is not.
2: Yeah, I think at this point in time, there's no reason not to try Blake in that role. That's really what I've been advocating for. And I get it. Like, you're not going to throw Cam in that role. You're not going to throw Lamarcus in that role. You know, Kessler, maybe it's too late in the season for him to get those minutes. But why not try Blake? It's not like James Johnson is playing defense at a high level. It's not like he's switching, you know, at an elite level and defending these guys. He's not really doing anything great on the floor. And then at least you have some hope that Blake Griffin can knock down a couple threes, James Johnson, his own teammates just look him off. It's just like he's on the floor at off ball for almost no reason. And it's not like I like to shit on the guy cause he had good moments with the team this year and he helped during the stretch where everyone was injured and, you know, just at least giving them professional basketball players. But it just makes no st- uh, sense. Steve is leaning on him so much. And, this is where I just wish Ben Simmons was back. And I don't, I don't even care about the level in which Ben Simmons can play. He's just the only guy I know that can come back and steal those minutes. And I feel confident that they won't go to James Johnson.
1: I will take 6'11", Kangaroo Jack with one <laughs> leg over two legs, two arms, James Johnson. Because this is just it's just bad at this point. And you mentioned Kessler Edwards. One thing I noticed in the Charlotte game was Kessler Edwards gave some fantastic minutes. um in that first half and was a big reason why the lead got up to, I think 12 or 13 in that first half. We didn't see him in the second half, but you know who we did see in the second half, particularly in that third quarter when the Nets gave up the lead or James Johnson Yep. tonight. I mean, Kess didn't have great minutes in that first half and you can see his leash is very, very small. I get James Johnson as a veteran, but come playoff time, that leash has to be very small. If not non-existent.
2: Yeah. Like James Johnson has a 30 foot leash right now. Kessler Edwards has like a one-foot leash. He made one turnover and got pulled out of the game, and it was a bad turnover. It just was dri- a bad
1: turnover. <laughs> yeah, just
2: dribble the ball, dude. Like you can dribble, you're good, and you're like passing the ball to like Andre Drummond or Nick Clack. It was Nick Claxton actually. Like, what's Clax gonna do with it? Like, you gotta handle the ball, dude. Like, that's a rookie mistake, and he was a little frazzled, but it's okay. I'd rather see him struggle even at this point than James Johnson at times. And I think also Kess's versatility and the athleticism. And that's just something James Johnson doesn't have. And we talked about it. It's like, he has it one out of every 30 nights, like one, uh, one day of the month, he'll be able to like throw down a dunk and move well on the floor. But most nights it's not happening. And I think, like you said, it'd be great if someone could ask Steve Nash about this and find out while he's leaning to him. Like there has to be some level of reasoning, at least in Steve Nash's head. Obviously we don't see it, but it's it's just crazy.
1: We are a long ways away from uh, like that, that Washington wizards game where he was big in the fourth quarter. I think one of the Raptors games this season as well. Just, we are, we're just so far away from that. And the longer that James Johnson stays a member of this rotation, the less chemistry Blake Griffin gets with, with some of these new pieces, right? Like Blake Griffin doesn't have a lot of minutes played, with Kyrie Irving, and now especially at home. He doesn't have a lot of minutes played with Goran Dragic. He doesn't have a lot of minutes played with Seth Curry. He doesn't have a Drum. lot of minutes with Andre Drummond. So these are the things, if you're just going to throw Blake in there come playoff time, look, that that that's not to say it's going to be a detriment, but you're kind of just throwing something very, very brand new in a more high-intense situation. It doesn't really make sense to me.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I'd want to see also just like more minutes of Klax and Blake to see if they can develop some chemistry for the postseason and see and see what Blake has. Like, I want to see what he can do, like when you need him to turn it up in some of these games. Like, how how does he move laterally? Like early in the year wasn't great, but he's also, you know, a guy who has a lot of miles and dealt with a lot of injuries. So he's only going to turn it up when it really matters. So I agree. I'd love to see Blake get some more. Another net who's really been struggling. He had a better game tonight, but I wasn't really happy with his performance. Kyrie Irving finished with 24 points, 7 of 18 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 6 of 6 on the free throw line, one rebound, four assists, one steal, six turnovers. And I thought defensively he just was not good tonight. And I think even the Hornets game, he wasn't great either. And it sucks is because he was playing such great defense prior to these two games.
1: You know, it's it's interesting because I was on my way back from the gym earlier today. I was listening to – uh alan Han and like the whatever like that show on ESPN um and he would he had mentioned something about Kyrie Irving's defense and like him not being that great of a defender and then whoever he was on with he was like well actually Kyrie's been pretty good on the road you know defensively and I <laughs> agree like he has Kyrie yeah. has been pretty solid these past two games have not been a great you know example of 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 that Kyrie is good on defense uh camp but yeah, it's another rough one from Kyrie. It's kind of funny. You, you see a guy put up 24 points, go 4 of 8 from 3 and you're like, "Dang, he had a bad game." But yep. yeah, when you when we've come to expect this level of greatness from Kyrie, which he has shown on road games, right? Yep. Um nice like this are are kind of subpar. Uh, those turnovers, a lot of them were something I mean, I would think like maybe 3 or 4 were unforced, just yep. him him rushing uh, he got beat really, really bad backdoor on, on, on a on all Multiple times. Yeah, I, there was the one, I forget it was the third quarter or the fourth, it might have been the fourth, where he just, like, you could tell he was just absolutely angry at himself. Yep. Um. But, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it's just the, not to say it's the pressure of playing at home, but maybe this the, the jitters just haven't worn off yet. And something could be said about him just not, yeah, he's played here for about a year and a half now, but there is something about playing in different gyms, right, yeah, in an arena, the lighting like the lighting at Barclays is not like lighting at any other arena except for Lakers, right? It's theater theater lighting. So, not making excuses for Kyrie, but I'm just saying like there there are some other factors that could be at play. But he don't. No, you're right. He does have to be better.
2: Yeah. The weirdest thing is like he's missing layups, and like I've come to assume that every Kyrie layup is going to go in no matter the difficulty. <laughs> just watching him this even this season has just been incredible. I think I lean towards. Like, the adrenaline adrenaline rush of being at home. Like, all yeah. of that hype and all of that hurrah. And then, like, the last game he didn't perform well. And he probably got, like, a little worked up about it. And now he could be applying that type of pressure to himself. And, obviously, you want to see him feel more comfortable at home before the postseason because obviously this is something that's been fought for for a long time to get him here. And it's just really ironic that he's not playing well. I think defensively that's the area where it's like, I I can't accept excuses where offensively everyone's going to shoot bad. He was shooting at like an insane level that it was, definitely bound to come down a little bit but defensively he definitely has to be better especially with some of the lineups the nets are out there they can't afford to have you know two bad defenders you can get away with having one or one one bad and one below average but when two guys are making you know mental mistakes out there the other three guys can be playing elite defense and it doesn't matter
1: yeah i thought the one lineup that just looked so shaky defensively was the Kyrie only minutes in the second quarter. Yep. When I believe it was Kyrie, Patty, Drogic, Drummond, and uh, it might have been Clax. I don't. I don't believe. No. It I don't Klax. think it was. No, I didn't think we maybe, saw any
2: Clax Drummond. It might have been James Johnson or maybe Bruce. Maybe,
1: James, maybe James Johnson or Bruce. But yeah, I just like that lineup defensively, just not what you really want from a guard perspective because yeah, Patty's not a great defender as we know. Drogic at his old age with that offensive lineman knee brace, I'm not really expecting much. And then it all it all kind of hinges on Kyrie, but it's not like Kyrie is a turnstile. We've seen him be able to turn up. We saw him hold James Harden, whatever you think of James Harden and his ability at this point in time. He held him to one of seven shooting in that first half. He basically made James Harden non-existent. He played pretty decent defense in the Miami game, right? Yeah,
2: I thought he played great defense against Tyler yeah. Hero in that game.
1: So we know he can do it, and I think it just goes to what I've been saying earlier. It's just they, when they want to lock in, they lock in. When Kyrie knows that, all right, it's a game, you know, game six, game seven. All right, now I'm going to put, a, you know, apply the pressure where it's a, all right, the Pistons are coming to town. I get Roddy Magruder, all right, Corey <laughs> Joseph. Oh, I mean, I guess, you know, not like they're going to do anything, and then when they do something, it's like. Oh, crap.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think some of it, too, is just like not wanting to deal with the physicality. Like, to play great defense in the NBA, especially as a guard, when you're playing with Andre Drummond, you're fighting over screens. When you play with clacks and you can switch everything, it's a little bit easier. And I think that's a big reason, you know, you hear stars advocate for switching. It's easier. You don't have to bang through screens. So, And credit to Pistons. They came in and played, like, physical as hell. They thought they were the bad boys coming in here. A couple dirty plays in there, too. I was worried about everyone's ankles. But... Overall, hopefully Kyrie can bounce back in the next next one, obviously. I think he'll feel something special going against Milwaukee, especially his last home game against Milwaukee was prior to the Hornets game, his last home game at Barclays Center, and he had a nice one, and the Nets blew out the buck, so hopefully they can match this.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: But let's move over to KD. KD put on a show, 41 points, 14 and 23 from the field, four of six from three, nine and nine from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, five assists, one steal, three blocks, two turnovers. My man did everything he could to keep the Nets in this game and get them to win.
1: He's a stat stat sheet stuffer, man. And is it bad for me to say that I didn't think he was having a great game for like two and a half quarters? Because I really didn't think he did. I know he had 19 points. I think it was like 19, six, and five at halftime or something like that. But there was just some costly turnovers, some like kind of stagnant possessions where it's like, all right, Katie, iso ball. And like, I get it. Nash didn't drop a play, but like, Katie, it doesn't mean you have to do iso ball. Um, But, you know, say what you want. Second half, he really, he he really put the team on his back, especially on the defensive end side of the ball. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a. I haven't seen a better half defensively from Kevin Durant in, in, in quite some time, the way he was able to just I I think I thought I thought he changed the game. Yeah. Um, especially in that fourth quarter with the way he was able to protect the rim.
2: Yeah, I mean, defensively, when he turns up, the nets go to another level. And obviously, when he plays like that, it can cover up mistakes of others. And that's what you really need when you know that you're not putting out, you know, five elite defenders. And like you said, I think in the first half, I wouldn't say KD was bad. He was just kind of going with the flow, not as impactful but then in that second half you could feel his energy turn up and the the production on both ends was there and i think you know, you just almost take it for granted. Like this guy scored 41, 14 to 23, four, to six from three. Hasn't really had a good three point game in a while. Nine and nine from the free throw line. Just the efficiency is crazy. And it's just super fun to watch. And I felt like also the Pistons like defense on him. Majority of the game was kind of laughable. Like they just really weren't giving him respect, putting some of the, you know, Isaiah Stewart or Marvin Bagley or doing the easy switch. It's just like, you know, that's Kevin Durant, dude.
1: I mean, I, th- I honestly thought they were just trying to hurt that guy, he just be as physical as <laughs> possible. Yeah. When I saw the uh, Isaiah Stewart on him, I'm like, "Oh my god, they're trying to kill him!" Oh boy, <laughs> all right, you know what? Get the uh, get the wheelchair out now. But um, isn't that yeah, what
2: James is no, supposed to be out there for to make sure that no one does that to KD? <laughs>
1: you you would think, right? You would think, especially Isaiah Stewart. He's had his uh, share of kerfuffles. Uh not with only nba with this, superstars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we even what was it? Was it was it this? It was this season, right? Yep. With him standing over Blake Griffin. Um but yeah. And it was no. this
2: season he chased down LeBron.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was he got hit in the face. I can't, I can't look people getting hit in the face have been a hot yeah. button issue lately. So um yeah. but, but, but no, like you said with the uh, Kevin in terms of like his his defense being a game changer, I I forget who exactly missed. I think it might have been a Kyrie missed the layup, but the Pistons ended up going back yeah. down the floor on in transition, um, and he blocked the shot. He blocked the layup. I think Seth tried to save it, but it was out of bounds. But it was just one of those where it's like, all right, that could have been a a, a huge four-point yeah. swing, and Kevin was able to save save the possession and save those points, keep the momentum with Brooklyn. And that's the things that you want from your superstar. There's not a lot of superstars in this league that you can say are – can get it done on both ends of the court. Yeah, you have your Joel and Bees, your Giannis, and I don't think people give Katie enough credit and respect for what he can do on the can do on the defensive end.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think also when Katie has, a, you know, another superstar or someone to run with that can take some of the offensive load, that's when he can play defense at a higher level. I think the games where he plays with Kyrie, you see defensively, he's typically better just because there's more energy in the tank to do those things. And like you said, that was a huge momentum play. I actually believe it was a Kyrie turnover. So he was covering Kyrie up for Kyrie mm-hmm. and then I mean, I thought Frank Jackson was going to throw down something crazy because he's a good athlete, <laughs> and KD came through and got that block. So good stuff for that, and obviously his play has been excellent, and it's rare you ever see back-to-back bad KD games. Like, obviously he didn't play great against the Hornets, but he he came back in this one and lit things up. Moving over to Bruce Brown, 15 points, 4 or 5 from the field, 3 of 3 from 3, 4 or 6 from the free throw line 2 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 block. What do we think of
1: Bruce. Get Bruce in the three-point contest next year, <laughs> or actually, maybe not, because we saw what happened to Patty. Um, no, Bruce Brown, man. I mean, what what more can you say? I mean, this has just become the we've just we, this has become the norm since the trade deadline. of uh, Bruce Brown having another impactful game for the Nets, and like you said, three for three from three. That that's I mean, we we just hope for one a game, yeah. right? We just hope for one. He gave us three. Um, he was a big reason why the Nets had that run, had that big third quarter. Uh, I think, th- yeah, 38 points in that third quarter for Brooklyn. He was definitely one of the catalysts there, and he, he just does everything right. He, he, he will get you a block. Um, he, he, he's man, four assists, man. Every every game you just look up, he's like, dang, you really had three, four, five assists. Like, where does yeah. he get those? But he's just great at keeping the offense flowing. Every once in a while, gets stagnant, and like you said, like you said earlier, he's kind of looking around to see how. He, Somebody needs to cut. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I can't ha- have the ball seventeen feet out. I'm not going to shoot this mid range. Somebody's yeah. got to cut. But um, no, he 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 just he doesn't play outside of himself. Um, and that's that's all you can really ask for from this for this next team. Interesting.
2: Bruce only played 23 minutes tonight, which is probably one of his lowest totals in the last month, given how he's really played. I wonder if that's, you know, offensive adjustment. Obviously, defensively, he still was one of the best nets out there and provides that level of physicality. So it's great to see him knock down a few threes. I think that's good momentum for him just kind of knowing how he is a three-point shooter. When he knocks down a few, next game he's going to take some. Hopefully it carries over into the postseason because, like you said, one three from him is huge. It just feels like it's such a momentum play because the other team is it's so deflating. But moving over to a three-point shooter, Seth Curry finished tonight with 11 points, two of seven from the field, two of six from three, five of five from the free throw line, three rebounds, four assists, two steals, two turnovers. Not Seth's best game, but he did step up in the fourth
1: hey he stepped up for me 11 points hit my parlay <laughs> let's go uh, <laughs> but uh no like like you said like it wasn't the best seth curry uh performance um you know he, he's dealing with that ankle and, it, and you know it's going to be kind of hard to judge exactly like it's going to be hard to judge him because going forward i don't you don't know how bad the ankle was really affecting him i know there yep. the, was the report came out today that said he's just been dealing with it so I don't know if it's going to be something like it's just going to be lingering. And he said he like, felt or... like he
2: needed an, a month of rest for it to get back to normal.
1: Mm. So basically, we're going to be going into the playoffs with uh, a hobbled Seth Curry. And, you know, for a second there in the game, I'm like, oh, no, did he catch what, uh, you know, Patty Mills caught? He can't hit threes, yeah. but he came up big for the Nets down the stretch. Um, And he's just so, he, another floor spacer, right? You yep. know, that 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 contested three in the corner, I mean, that that that's huge, right? Um, those just...
2: plays are crazy those are like to me just especially when the playoffs come there that's going to be like the deflating te- uh, play for the opposing team because you're used to Kyrie and Katie doing that and you're like oh shit we forced you know Seth Curry to take a contested shot and then he hits these tough threes and it's not like he doesn't do it regularly obviously it's not like something he prefers but he can put them up and knock them down and I think also it depends on his health. Like you said, it's kind of a mystery right now, but I think at times the nets could look to incorporate him a little bit more and let him do a little bit. Occasionally you'll see like Katie town, like, yo, take this possession because he can do some things with Andre Drummond. Like they have a good chemistry, their dribble handoffs and stuff. So I like to see Seth get more involved sometimes in the offense where it feels like sometimes he's just out there as a floor spacer. And I think he's a little bit more than that.
1: Yeah, no, I, like you say in that second quarter, uh, specifically there was the one play where Seth had the ball at the top He looked at KD and KD was like, no, like you do something like you, you got it. And I think, you know, that's also kind of plays with the uh, whole chemistry thing, right? Like knowing that, all right, Kevin has that trust in me to go make a play. I don't have to worry about, oh, if I go ISO ball, I'm not going to get the ball again for another you know, four (laughs) or five minutes. It's all right. They believe in me. I can go do this because we've seen him. He can take people off the dribble. He has a very phenomenal mid range. He has a pretty decent layup package. Um, He's you a know, very he, skilled player. He is I think one one of the more like, you know, we talk about he's not all, you know, 5-tool player, but he does everything pretty well. Yep. You know, it's not is not anything he's like very very lacking in, especially on the offensive side, but you know, I I think like you said, he he he's going to be an integral part of this offense. I think he can play that Joe Harris role. The Nets just keeping defend, especially when his three point shot is on. If he hits two threes early in the first, you know, by the second or third quarter, that defender that's supposed to tag maybe the roller or is supposed to come over and help on a drive on a Kyrie or Katie drive isn't coming because yeah. oh, Seth Curry's in the corner; you can't leave him open, right? So he, his three point shot is going to be but crucial for the Nets, especially if Patty Mills' shot doesn't return because if Seth can't hit threes and Patty can't hit threes. I I don't know. I mean, I know the mid range gods of Kevin Durant and Kyrie can can cook, but it's a it's it's a it's a three and D league, man. And you're it's need just match. Yep, two, three <laughs> beats two. who would have thought?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's really that simple. Like you look at the last game against the Hornets, like a lot of that was their three point shooting. The Nets just dying on that end of the floor. No, moving the Patty Mills finished night with three points, one a one from three, one rebound, one assist. I believe two fouls. Uh, played about 17 minutes. Like you mentioned earlier, defensively, he's really struggling. I think he's just running out of gas completely. It was nice to see him knock down 1-3, but offensively, other than that, he didn't really do much. I want to say he had an opportunity for a layup and then passed out of it <laughs> in this mm-hmm. game, too. So it's just like uh, Patty is just really struggling, I think, on a lot of different elements of his
1: game. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know I tweeted about it um, yesterday, but at this point, it's gone beyond just exhaustion right um you know maybe we could have gotten away with that maybe two or three weeks ago but players that are exhausted don't play in garbage time which he has in in some of the previous nets uh blowout wins so that 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 whole logic is thrown out you can see it's really taking a toll on him because on the three-pointer he hit in that first half he held that release for probably about 10 seconds and just stared at the rim as the ball went through, like, yep. almost like a, oh my God, finally type thing. We kind of saw it in, in Miami too, when he hit a, a three from the corner late. Um, it's really getting to him. You could see it yep. on the court, his offense, and his offense is affecting his entire game right now. His, his lack of shooting is, is is detrimental, not only to the Nets, but to himself, because outside of that, what else is he really doing? He's not going to be a facilitator for you. He's not going to lock up on D. So right now he's kind of just out there for cardio, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could argue he's the worst defender in the rotation.
1: Uh, well, James Johnson's still there, so yeah.
2: I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> even still, though, I, I think, know, I mean, know. <laughs> and like, and then it's no disrespect to Patty, and like, I think even early in the season, he was fine as a defender, just being pesky and annoying. And I think that's probably more of like the energy thing. But like you said, I think there's definitely a mental slump with the shooting. It was good to see him have one go down. Like he was one for one. Look at the statue. You'd be happy. You shot hundred percent. Hopefully, you know, (laughs) that can, that can continue in the next game. It's like the nets really need him to step up because they need to have another element of scoring. Cause right now it's so Katie and Kyrie centric when those guys aren't having a good game or they're having an under, you know, 50% efficiency, there's pressure on other guys. And Seth obviously is dealing with something you need Patty to really step up, especially for that bench unit, because Gorin's not really a score and Klax is just kind of getting some garbage buckets here and there. So it's like Patty's meant to be that six man guy that averages 10 off the bench.
1: He really is. He really is. And you know, hopefully if this is like the Joe Harris disease, hopefully he gets over it now. And then like come playoff time, he's better, you know, cause I'd rather the slump happen now yeah. than in the playoffs. Um, but it's interesting, right? Because we saw that the Nets really kind of didn't even need Patty for that Miami blowout, right? They didn't really need Patty for the for the Sixers blowout. Um, So at this point— I think point, it's
2: more so they just need him as an option. If as Seth an option, is, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, um, Seth is off Kyrie's uh, off. Like, if, if one of the stars is good and then Patty's having a hot game, that might be enough scoring to help them carry. But right now, they just, like—they really don't have much of a scoring pop off the bench.
1: No, they— they, they don't. And, you know, hopefully if Ben does come back, you know, you can see some lineups where maybe Ben's facilitating and playmaking just Ben's physical nature to be able to get yep. downhill, uh, could help spur some, 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 some bench lineups like that, you know, but yeah,
2: Ben combo is fun too, uh,
1: but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't think exactly right. I don't want to think about it. Cause it's not going to happen. So, but yeah, no, the Nets need Patty like he got uh, six, six games left of the season. Hopefully the shot comes back. Maybe like the last, but yeah, maybe it is rest. Maybe if 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 you if you, if you know you're solidified into either the 7th seed or the 8th seed, you know obviously that maybe not won't be the case. But give him a day off. I yeah. don't think he's really had like one of those type of like all right, everybody's healthy, just Patty resting today type games. But man, I, I don't know what the answer is, but the Nets desperately need to find it, and so does Patty.
2: Yeah, I remember the one time he was supposed to have it was uh, the Orlando COVID game. And he was supposed to be to sit and then everyone got COVID. So they're like, yeah, actually, you have to go out there and play. So uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's still hampering him now. But I guess touching on the rest of the guys, Andre Drummond uh, finished tonight with 14 points, 13 rebounds, four offensive, five of seven from the field. More importantly, four of four from the free throw line had one assist, one
1: steal. What do you think of Drummond tonight? He has some nerve putting up these big rebound totals on the nights I don't put his rebounds. This is nonsense. Five <laughs> rebounds against the Memphis Grizzlies. And now I think combined in the last two games. What was it like? Like almost like 30. Yeah. I hate it here. This is yeah. awful. No, but Drummond drum has been great for the Nets. Was was, was, was great tonight. Uh, like you said, four for four down the stretch. You saw him pointing to Dwayne Casey at the bench. Like, hey, hey, keep fouling me. You know what I'm saying? And look, that's going to be huge for for the Nets going down the stretch because teams will, uh, you know, have that strategy, right? You already yep. know Eric Sposher is going to do that. You already know Nick Nurse is going to do that down the stretch. Mike Budenhoser definitely is going to do that down the stretch. So if you can have Drummond be able to stay on the floor, and that's huge, right? We saw that with last season with uh, Ben Simmons. He was, you know, played off the court in the fourth quarter because he couldn't hit free throws. If yep. you can have your center stay on the floor, stay out of foul trouble, and still be able to knock down free throws down the stretch, that is a huge plus for your team.
2: Yeah, and this is definitely a confidence booster for Drummond. I think this game is like a good example of some good and bad Drummond. You see, obviously, all the pluses with the scoring and the rebounding. I think there's a couple plays where even KD was pissed off that he was kind of leaving for a transition, and KD was left with Isaiah <laughs> Isaiah Stewart under the hoop, and he's like, bro, you're here to rebound, dude. Like, what are you doing? But I think also, like, I, I go back and forth with Drummond because defensively it's just such a struggle at times, and then it doesn't help that the Nets – like let him switch on the guys like they let him switch on the Cade in the fourth quarter. And that was pretty much an easy seven points for him. That was just no one's business for him to be out there. And some of that Steve Nash just doing the swap, you know, not leaving clacks out there. And then some of that's just his teammates, just like, Hey man, like you guys need to make sure that he doesn't get switched out of him. Double team. If you have to.
1: I'm watching Cade give Kevin Durant buckets in the second half. And then Dry C. Drummond dragged out the perimeter. I'm like, wait a second. This isn't Drummond got well.
2: cooked in every way. He got cooked at the three point line. He got cooked for the mid range shot. And then he got cooked for a layup where Cade Cunningham went at his chest and created contact and finish. Like to me, that's the play where it's like, damn, bro, you got to play some level of defense
1: Yeah, the level of inconsistencies with his play, because when he is on and, and just engaged, and we talk about this with, with Nick Claxton as well. Yep. When he's engaged and he's on, I mean, that, you, you talk about somebody that, hey, you could maybe make a case for a, a deep play if you could if he could have carried that out for, you know, a whole season. You know, he when he's engaged, but when he's not engaged and he you see the mental lapses and things like that, you know, slow on the rotations. And you saw a lot of that in the first half, uh, especially the second quarter. when they're just getting. in the first quarter was a three point barrage. The second quarter, I think they started off with like eight straight points in the paint. It was just Kelly Olenek and uh, somebody else. I forget. I don't know that whole roster, but (laughs) I'm just like, where is our where's our defense, guys? What's going on?
2: Yeah. And that's the thing with Drummond. I think that's where he's like matchup defending in the postseason. But for now, you know, I think he's fine. And like you said, there's moments where defensively you think like, wow, he's actually moving pretty well out there. I think it's a lot of an effort thing for him. And honestly, that's always been the question with Andre Drummond. Like, that's why when he was young, he was putting up huge numbers. People thought he was going to be, you know, all NBA and be, you know, potentially like a great all time rebounder. And his level of energy just
1: isn't always there. Shout out Greg Logan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out, <laughs> shout out,
2: Greg Logan. Yeah, Deepoy, deploy Greg,
1: <laughs> John T. Drummond. Shout out, Greg Logan.
2: <laughs> it, it's just so strange. But moving on from Drummond, going to Clax, he finished with 11 points, four of five, three of four from the free throw line, four rebounds. Did have one steal in this one. I just like what Clax does defensively. I understand that sometimes you need the rebounding and the offensive pop that Drummond can provide. But for me, like Clax is the guy that's in for the best lineups.
1: Yeah, no, no, he, he definitely is um, tonight. I I I liked his uh, energy on the defensive end. There's just, there were some plays where I saw him getting just outworked by like Kelly Olynyk, And I'm like, ah, like I don't want to see you being outworked by Kelly Olynyk. Yep. not saying like Kelly Olynyk's a bum, but at the same time it's Kelly Olynyk. I need you to be grabbing those rebounds. There was also a play in the second half in the fourth quarter, actually. Yeah. Claxton got the rebound and was just outmuscled by Cade Cunningham. And it's like those type of things can't happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's
2: just a mental mistake that he brought the ball where brought the he ball did. down. Yeah, he does and it
1: all the time. And I'm like, what's the Keep easiest way to time. steal? You're, <laughs> tall. you're yeah. tall. Keep it up, man. But you know, these like, and I wish I could say like these are just learning things, but like you're in your what is it, fourth year? Like these are things you should just know by now. Um luckily his good outweighs his bad. Yep. you know, for every for every bad thing he does, all right, he'll give you you know another lob finish at the other end, a a, a nice block, um, you know, an excellent switch out. So, like I said, it's not it wasn't his greatest game, but I'm not gonna say like this was was this was a bad Nick Claxon game by any by any stretch of the imagination either.
2: Where we've gone from bad Nick Claxon games to where they were before. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They have drastically improved. And like you said, this wasn't his best game, but this is suitable. This is enough for the team to win. He had enough good out there to outweigh the bad. And I think, like you mentioned, some of those mistakes and things, it's something that you almost have to play through. And the fact that he was sitting on the bench for so long doesn't help that. And that's something we've kind of echoed in the past is, like, this is a guy that you're going to have to lean on in big moments given his defensive ability in this roster. And, you know, reps are important for him. But – Moving on from Klax, let's see who do we have left. Uh, Goran Dragic finished with nine points, from the field, one of three from three, six rebounds, three assists, one steal. Like I mentioned on the last show, Goran's definitely been growing on me just because he he likes to provide some of those like toughness and gritty plays. Like he'll all of a sudden like pop in for a rebound. And you're like, oh shit, dude! Like you're you're no joke. You just have a little. He has a little grit to his game, and this team needs that.
1: Oh, no, it 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 definitely does. You know, yeah, you know. Because if it's not going to come from the guy that we signed to have grit,
2: <laughs> uh, or, know, or like, Steve's not going to play the guy that brings grit and Blake Griffin, then you need someone else to do it,
1: right? Or even you know, like Day- Dayron got grit, uh, you know, <laughs> as as that grit too. So, but um, yeah, no, Drajic is 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 definitely, and I know there was a poll, I forget which NBA, it was like it was like some writer or something like that when you know one of the basketball writers on Twitter that put up a poll and it said like, oh, who is. Who needs more minutes for the Nets down the stretch? Is it Patty Mills or Goran Dragic? And I answered, I was like, it's got to be Drogic 100% yeah. because what Dragic brings you is way more than what Patty you know, brings you, even if Goran Dragic isn't going to be a threat from shooting from outside, even though he did hit a three tonight. Him just being able to be another ball handler and control, and control and run the offense is so huge for the Nets because we saw in that Memphis game just how poor the Nets offense was when you yep. didn't have Patty – I'm sorry – you didn't have Seth, and you didn't have Drogic because then it was just Kyrie. And then when Kyrie's out there, it's like, yeah, KD can run the offense, but you don't want Kevin Durant to run the offense because then it takes away from what Kevin Durant does best, yep. which is just be the best player on the planet. So what Goran Dragic does, uh, aside from bringing that grit, is just bringing a level of calmness. Not only uh, mostly on the on the offensive end, because as we know, like he he tries his best on defense. You know, he's gonna. He's what he's what is he 35, 36?
2: Yeah, I think he's 36, might be turning 37.
1: With with a 75-year-old person's knees, like we can we can only expect so much from, from Josh on the, on the defensive end. Offensively, though, like I said, calming presence. He works the offense. He's not gonna do stupid things. He did have a few bad, you know, possessions, some bad sequences this game, but those have been so far and few, few and far between in his tenure as a net that I'll, you know, I'll live with games like this. Turns 36 May 6th,
2: so 35 right now. But uh, yeah, I think Goran, too, is like defensively, I like him more than Patty right now. I just think like he has a little bit more size. He has a more willingness of physicality. And I even would say some of his issues seems like he seems like confused at like, what are we doing? Cause I think he mentioned after one of the, (laughs)
1: yeah, yeah.
2: he's like, sometimes like they don't communicate and it's just like confusing. I think one thing that's happened is like Spain pick and rolls have been a really big confusion point because like guys just don't have the chemistry and don't know really how to deal with it. So Goran overall, like I've been happy and like you said, I just love the fact he takes off some of the pressure and the ball handling and setting up the offense and, you know, occasionally can set up a guy with an easy play, you know, throw clacks and oop or whatever it is, you know, make sure you don't throw it in the rim next time, (laughs) but but whatever works out there. So he's definitely growing on me and I like the way he's playing. And honestly, I definitely give him minutes or Patty Mills at this point until Patty can prove that he can get hot again.
1: Yeah. And it's somebody that hey, he can get his shot off. You know, he's not going to he's not going to light up the scoreboard. Obviously, you know, nine points this is kind of what we expect, you know, somewhere in between five to 10 points a game. Yep. Um, But when the Nets, he did a bucket in that third quarter. I mean, he had the one like kind of turnaround that kind of rimmed in. Yeah. Um, You know, he's good for a, you know, nice, solid drive to the hoop. You know, maybe he gets two free throws a game. So. You know, it's a safety valve, you know, just maybe an emergency option on offense to get a bucket. He knows how to get a bucket. He's been doing it for years in this league. There's no defense he hasn't seen, so... I think you know, that's a huge
2: point right there, Justin, is the fact that he is able to read the floor so well off of the catch and understand really, like, hey, I can put it up where I can drive and then I can lead and set somebody up for an easy play, you know, be it Drummond or be it Clax. Jack always brings up the point of like half the time they're not ready for his passes because they're kind of <laughs> crazy sometimes. But I, I like that fact that he brings that. But any other thoughts on this game and the way the Nets played?
1: Um, You know, it's just another one of those, not to say, like <laughs> burn the tape, but like, on, on to the next you know every every win is important right now you can't really dwell on how you how you got the w you just got the w one point win 30 point win a win is a win these are important games right now i will say you know just going back to to clacks and i think another thing he provides this this team is just a level of excitement right he yep. can be almost like kind of like bruce brown just be like that spark plug yep. off the bench uh, i mean the the roof would have blown off the building if he would have made that dunk tonight and yeah you know his his dunks are forrocious. I don't even know
2: how he missed the dunk watching the oh replay.
1: that's he just he just I think he just lost the grip yeah of the ball which I mean, I always think I'm like how are these guys so tall and their hands are so big how do they still lose the ball I don't get it I have small hands I can't I can't palm a basketball you know it's my you know. I'm 6'3
2: and I can palm a basketball Clax is like 6'11 and he should be able to keep, I, <laughs> right honestly I felt like he was trying to almost throw it down too hard
1: Maybe. Right. But, you know, I I kind of like that, though. You yeah. know, he's, he's trying to excite the crowd. You see it on his on his on his regular dunks when he's in the paint and he just like hangs on the rim a little bit. The little <laughs> like stare down. His
2: legs, man, I... <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, that, that 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 big man, like it almost looks like a 2K dunk. His alley-oops are, are ferocious. He's a guy that excites the crowd. He's an yep. exciting player um, when he's in when, when he's engaged. And I think that's going to be key for the Nets, you know, a team that sometimes falls into these lulls on offense these lows of energy when they need that kind of spark you know if it's not coming from katie it's not coming from kyrie someone else has to do it and i'm not saying that he has to be the guy to do it all, every single time but hey once you know, once the game if you get that clax alley you know that that breakaway clax dunk a clax dunk in traffic you know it, it, it's gonna be huge for you know team morale
2: yeah i think it's also big for barclays like i think they're just waiting for things to make them pop and as great as kevin duran is you know, watching him shoot contested mid-range jumpers, <laughs> you know, 20 times a game is it's it's great. And it's amazing for like basketball purists. But a lot of the time, the fans at the game are more so casuals like they're looking for dunks they're looking for exciting plays. Kyrie's been a little off the last two games. Clacks can provide that like even the big blocks, like when he just sends someone shit to the first row, it's just like, wow. So I'm excited to we'll see what he could do. And also, you know, Clax got a little asshole on him. Like he definitely is, <laughs> he is always just like causing some problems. Like the other teams are always looking at him like, yo, screw this guy. He's always doing something. So I love the energy he brings. Obviously, big clax fans here at the Brooklyn Buzz. But Justin, any
1: other final thoughts? Um, no, we're on the next one is the Knicks, right? No, we got the Bucks. No. Nope. Oh, the Bucks. Okay. Well Yeah, we're on to oh, we're not even on to Milwaukee. We're still here. Oh boy. Yeah. Well
2: This is an opportunity for the Nets to get their first essentially big. Eastern Conference home win of the season. They beat the Jazz at home, I believe, but I don't think they've really beaten any good Eastern Conference teams at home.
1: Uh, no, at least in terms of the... Well, I mean, you can, do you count the Sixers from before the trade? You know? Yeah, you know, I mean,
2: you could... They beat.
1: Did they beat them at home? They beat them at home, yeah. Okay. Well, wait, yeah, because they have the season series 3-1. Three, uh, three okay, yeah. Yeah, that was a good win. I, oh, yeah, that was the COVID win. The COVID win, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those, those are like prestigious wins
2: (laughs) those are like special i can't can't even like count them in a regular category because it's just like so special to see katie and the kids beat two good teams because they beat the raptors at home with that team too
1: they did they did i was at that game That was that was a great game it was hilarious because i remember pulling up to the arena like 45 minutes before and it was like oh yeah james Harden's not playing i'm like Wow. Okay. It, it was, was like James first...
2: Harden, Bruce Brown, and Marcus Aldridge. Like, yeah, here's half the roster's missing tonight.
1: Yeah. I remember, I remember I, I went with my mom. It was the first game we went to together all season. And she was like, should we just go home? And I was like, no mom, <laughs> no, we might see something special. And we yeah. did. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, it's, 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 and it'll be huge, right. Especially because of, you know, we kind of see it in football too, that sometimes the best teams, Going into the playoffs aren't the teams with the best record, but the teams that are playing the best basketball at that at that point in time. I know the the Bucks just got a big win tonight uh, against the Sixers. They're going to be riding high. They probably want to have some revenge uh, yeah. from 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 the last game where where Kyrie went on and put on a show in Milwaukee. So, and you know they, they have something to prove every time they play the Nets. They have something to prove because they want to prove that that game seven wasn't a fluke. You know they they me and you were on the the buzz earlier this season when they came into Barclays and and you know and Handle business, but that was without Kyrie. Yep. Now Kyrie, KD. is it. Should be a uh, very interesting battle.
2: And I think it's a warm up too for both teams in terms of like there's a pretty good likelihood we're going to see each other in the playoffs and potentially even in the first round. And I remember last year, I think Harden missed the two games, but you had a uh, Nets and Bucks back to back, you know, home and away, and the Nets lost both those games, but they're both were extremely competitive, mm-hmm. and that's just what you expect. And I think it's great for the Nets because, like we talked about earlier in the show, is like. They don't get worked up for some of these bad teams. This is a great team coming in here, and there's a little bit of bad blood. I'm not going to say a ton of bad blood, but definitely a little bit of bad blood and how things ended and you know how the Nets probably felt after that series and a couple comments from Giannis here and there. But it's going to be fun on Thursday. Any other thoughts, Justin?
1: Uh, nope. That's, uh, that's about it.
2: All right, Justin. Always appreciate you hopping on. Big thanks, to everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why?